0: Welcome to You Need a Coach, Bitch. I'm your host, Chris Hale. I'm a certified life coach and coach instructor. I'm also a master dance educator and self proclaimed Xaniel Pop Diva. Every week, I bring you a conversation to help you harness your inner authority by popping the patriarchy and crafting the life of your dreams. Are you ready to unleash your inner creator? Let's go. Hey besties, what's up? How are we doing today? Um, I hope that you're all having an amazing week. I'm having an interesting week. Um, I, (laughs) I recently decided to look into my human design again and if you don't know what human design is it's like a personality test right and I just I love a personality test like any of them like give me an Enneagram Mia Myers Briggs like I just love any of these things that kind of like will tell me about myself and so the human design I don't know that much about it to be honest with you um I took this test like a year and a half ago And I really only recently started kind of looking into it again over the last week because it kind of came back into my awareness through some stuff that was online in the different spaces that um, the groups and things that I'm in. And it turns out, y'all, that I had done my chart wrong. So the site that I had used... Uh, used military time. And I didn't realize that. So when I put in my birth time, because you have to put in your, your birthday time, and the zip code where you were born, or like the closest, I guess it, it goes based on time zone. Um, So you know, you can put in the closest that you can get to where you were born. Um, If that particular city is small and doesn't come up on your chart or on the website you're using but whatever I um I put in it was using military time so I just like put in 646 not realizing that I needed to put in like 1846 so anyway so I had sent a test to my best friend because I wanted her to do it and she was asking me questions about like some of the other features on the website and I didn't really know what she was talking about because that wasn't the site that I used so I went in and I put my information in and this this one had the, the option to choose AM or PM. So I chose PM and all of a sudden my chart pops up and I was like, wait, what? Wait, this is different. Why is this different? And I realized it was because of the time. So I thought that I was a projector in terms of human design. And it turns out that I'm actually a reflector. And this kind of shook me a little bit. It was a little disorienting at first. Like I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like whole new identity. <laughs> Not really. I mean, I'd kind of only been looking into it for like two days and sort of just starting to kind of read about it, learn about it and resonate with some of the things. And I will say someone who is an expert in human design, I was talking to them online and she mentioned that I was I was saying that I felt a lot of resonance with projectors and she said that makes sense because of all of the openness in my chart if you don't know what human design is and you have no idea you're like chris what the fuck please stop talking or now you're just like completely intrigued and you're going to go do your chart either way i'm not going to stop talking about it yet in my chart in in the chart as a projector i would have had one defined center and in my chart as a reflector i have no defined center so all that openness and kind of like the wisdom and knowledge that um, is present in the projector is also kind of present in the reflector. So there are some parallels and likenesses, but then there's also so many other things that actually resonate more for me as a reflector. So it was really interesting to kind of lean into that today, kind of get to know like that part of myself and what I really like about these things, so I, w- I just want to take a second and maybe I'll do an entire episode on this or maybe this is it. Maybe this is just all we'll ever talk about, these tests. But I do enjoy these personality tests, but I think sometimes we can take them a little too far and try to live by them as like hard and fast rules. And we have to remember that this is just information. And the thing that I, I take from it the most is when I start to get away from myself, when I start to get away from what like I intuitively know about myself, like as a reflector, Um, We don't have consistent energy and we're like kind of not meant for like the nine to five. It's really hard for us to action our way into things. Um, We have to take a lot of time to make decisions. We need a lot of rest. And these are things I know about myself and I can sort of like lose sight of them when I'm getting all these messages from the outside world and thinking that I need to show up a different way in order to achieve my goals but these kinds of things, either it's this or the Enneagram or my Myers-Briggs, they really help to kind of refocus me back to what I already know is true for me, to lean into that a little bit more, and to trust that I can do things the way that feels right for me, and I'm still able to be just as successful as anybody else. That is what has been going on for me this week. And now on to what we're talking about today, and that is transitions, big life transitions, small life transitions, whatever, just transitions, because it's it's one of the things that I help my clients with the most. Often they're looking to leave like a corporate or other job where they're employed by someone else and they're ready to embark on an endeavor of being their own boss, like right? being an entrepreneur, being a solopreneur. Um, And this can be a huge shift for people. But also, um, it doesn't have to be that. It can be the case where they're going from one job to another, or they're ending a relationship, or going through some other kind of, like, loss, right? We have to remember that whenever we're leaving something, there is a loss, and so there's stuff to be processed. Uh, maybe it's a shift in identity, kind of, like I'm going through this week. But when we're doing any of these things, anytime there's, like, a transition, there's going to be a lot that that comes up for us to work through. Generally speaking, as a species, we don't like change. Like, even if you are the kind of person that chases new things, the adjustments and growing pains of the newness will surface somewhere at some time. And we just want to be able to acknowledge them. We want to address it. We want to, like, see and feel all the feels that come up. And we want to work through that. I have to say that one of the things that, like, I maybe have not been so great at is processing transitions. Like when I left SoulCycle or when I stopped selling real estate, Um, there are like people who are a part of my life that I might never see again that I like don't think I, I never really stopped to process that. And only in hindsight am I like, oh my God, like where is that person? Do I even know how to contact that person? Will I ever see that person again? Because I'm just so quickly on to the next thing. So... That is a big step, right? That's one of the the major things that I want to help my clients through is like making a plan for a transition for all the things that are going to come up. And the first thing that we need to do uh, when we're thinking about making a change is we want to really get clear on our reason for that change. Now, Most often, we are seeking change because of the way we think we're going to feel if we make that change. So, like, you feel really shitty at your job, so the obvious answer is for you to leave it. Now, if you're my client, you know I'm not going to accept that as the reason. (laughs) And my reason for that is because we just, we need to investigate, like, how responsible you are for the crappy feelings you have, our feelings are created by our thoughts for the most part, um, and we're in control of that. Now, yes, there is a set of feelings that comes from the body up instead of the brain down, but we aren't as tuned into those. And to get good at accessing them, we really do need to do a lot of work of understanding like how our nervous system is calibrated so that we can um, hear that kind of that intuition those feelings because it's not always as loud um sometimes it's just our fight or flight that is being activated and we'll we'll listen to that um which we want to listen to what's going on in terms of that but like right if you've had a lot of trauma you might be calibrated to be like hyper vigilant right to kind of see a threat where there isn't a threat um, and so we need to learn how to like differentiate that we need to learn how to take care of ourselves like that's work to do um, and that might be work that you would want to do with like a trauma specialist like a therapist who specializes in trauma for our purposes we're really just talking about like the the thoughts that are going on in your head that are creating your emotional experience right like what I do as a coach is focus on mindset and thought work So more often than not right? You're experiencing the world mostly through your observation of circumstances and the perceptions or stories you're making up about what you're witnessing, right? And those stories create the feelings that you're most attuned to. So when someone comes to me and they're overwhelmed or frustrated or they're at their wits end and all they want to do is leave their job, we make a plan for them to get to a place where they feel at least neutral about their job. Sometimes we even get to a place of them loving their job again before it's time for them to go. And now I can totally hear you saying like, well, if I love it, why would I leave it? And my answer to that question is always like, just because you want to, because something else is calling to you, because something else is lighting you up and you want to go experience it because your standards have changed and this job is like no longer meets them. Even if that is the case, you still don't have to be mad about it. (laughs) Um, We just want to be honest with yourself. So we start with like, why did you want that job in the first place? What needs did it meet? How was it the perfect fit at the time? How have your standards now changed? What is it that no longer is in alignment with what you're wanting in your life? Um, Maybe you've learned all that you can there and it's just time to move on. We want to be really clear with ourselves about the things that don't work for us. And we aren't going to solely blame the situation for the feelings that we have control over. So, like, if you find yourself overwhelmed at work, I'm going to ask you why. If you tell me it's because people are constantly asking so much of you and, and they have expectations about how available you need to be for them, I'm going to need more information. I'm probably going to ask about when was the last time you felt overwhelmed because someone was expecting something for you. And why I'm doing this is so that we can sort of separate the facts from the story you're telling yourself. Because when we talk in generalities and hyperbole, we experience things as being much different than they actually are, right? When we're like, people are always asking things for me. And then I ask you, well, when was the last time? And you're like, well, it was actually four weeks ago. And I was like, well, how often does it actually happen? You're like... Well, I mean, probably like once a month, (laughs) right? But you've made it so much bigger in your mind because of the intensity of the emotion that you have around it. And you're the one perpetuating that intensity, right? So what we do is we start to distort people's requests. An email that asks a question like, when can I expect a response? You can interpret as someone pressuring you for a response. So we're going to need to clarify the details. I'm going to need to know exactly what the email said. In most situations, the overwhelm is actually coming entirely from a self-inflicted place. So a lot of my clients will have a history of people-pleasing. And if that's you, then more often you're putting an expectation on yourself to regulate the other person's emotions. And therefore, you end up dysregulating yourself and creating that pressure. Or maybe you believe that people keep piling work on you. But when we really investigate it, the reality is that you procrastinate, maybe because you feel overwhelmed, right? (laughs) Like we might find out that that's why. But when you procrastinate, you end up letting the work pile up so much that any request from someone else feels like too much, right? So we'd have to dig around a bit and see what we come up with. And so once we kind of do that work and we get clear on like what you might be creating for yourself and your own experience, I have people go away and kind of live in their lives and create awareness around when they're creating the overwhelm versus when someone is actually trying to pressure them. And I do say trying because it's still up to you whether or not you feel pressure. And you also get to decide if you want to work for people that want you to feel negatively. So if someone is trying to pressure you or manipulate you or affect you in some kind of way emotionally to get you to do work, right, like, you might not want to work in that situation. However, you might find that with the reduction in self-inflicted pressure, you aren't as bothered by someone else's urgency you might be able to believe that someone else's emergency doesn't have to be yours, right? If that can be true, you might be able to stay in your job and even find some joy in it because you're no longer going to let someone else's emotions dictate how you want to show up. And when that happens, it's actually the perfect time to leave. Um, Because if you can get to a place where the conditions of the job are not responsible for your emotional well-being... You have just realized how powerful you actually are. And it gives you the boost to negotiate the terms of your departure in a way that benefits you instead of like having you running away from an unmanaged emotional life. And now this might be total news for you and might completely blow your mind, but you do not have to feel bad about something in order to walk away from it. I want all of my clients to love their reasons for leaving. And I guarantee you that making the decision to walk away because your feelings are hurt or because you feel overwhelmed when you didn't have to feel overwhelmed, that's never going to satisfy you. Because what that means is that you're reacting to others instead of deciding for yourself what works for you. But I want to say that the reason we do this is because we've been taught that there needs to be someone to blame for our unhappiness and it's like certainly as fuck can't be us. And so then we have to make like the other person or the job, the enemy so that we can justify leaving, but there never needs to be an enemy. And I really think that this comes from like the belief that we need to have like a quote unquote good reason to want to leave or to want the change. And like, we've somehow erroneously decided that the only good reason to leave is if something has gone wrong We do this all the time in relationships. We measure the success of a relationship on its longevity. And basically you won the relationship game if you make it to death. So like that leaves us with the only way to justify ending it is if something has gone terribly wrong. So then we just start looking for and obsessing over flaws in our partner in order to give us an out. This sets up this false binary wherein we tell ourselves Um, we're settling if our partner doesn't always make us happy and that we need to leave. But the truth is other people are not responsible for our happiness. And also you're never going to be 100% thrilled with your partner 100% of the time. This is just life. So every experience you are in is going to be 50-50. It's going to have its pluses and its minuses. We talked about this when we were talking about making decisions. And I do want to mention that, I don't want you to use this concept against yourself. So the caveat to all of this is that there are real, untenable situations, right? Ones where there is abusive power, there are microaggressions, there's blatant racism or homophobia, transphobia, sexual harassment, any other kind of harassment, right? These things do exist. And I'm not telling you that you should feel good about them. Um. But I do want to address the fact that, like, I think often queer people, like, will stay in situations because we get accustomed to being mistreated or, like, not accepted, Um, right? If it's not super, super bad, we tell ourselves that, like, we've experienced worst and that we just need to, like, stick it out. Um, And this is not what I want for you. So please never use my words against yourself And trust that you know for yourself if you are in an unhealthy or dangerous situation, whether that's physically or mentally, right? That is not the kind of situation that I am talking about here. There are real life circumstances that you will want to decide are unacceptable for you. But I do have to say you also don't have to feel bad bad about them you don't have to be angry about them you don't have to be mad about them there doesn't have to be outrage there can just be a boundary that's like if i experience harassment in the workplace i'm out done without the drama that doesn't stop you from taking legal action if you need to do something like that you can still take the steps that you need to take to rectify the situation but that doesn't have to come from a negative emotion if you don't want it to now if anger is motivating for you Go ahead, girlfriend. You do you, right? But it's still a choice. It's an option. And you get to decide what feeling you take action from. Okay, that was my little tangent. (laughs) Back to the reasons for leaving. The only thing that I care about with my clients is whether or not they like their reason for leaving. Good or bad doesn't even enter the equation. So for me, the reason that I had for discontinuing teaching dance is that I actually was spending more energy than I wanted to managing my mind around doing it. I knew it was my choice. I could make myself feel good about it. There was nothing wrong with the conditions, but I just, I wasn't lit up by it anymore. I could do it. I was still good at it. I still had great classes with my students. I still love them, but it took me a lot of time and energy to get myself to that place every week when it was time to start making my way to the studio And for me, the payoff just wasn't there for me to spend all that time managing my mind. Like, could I manage my mind? Yes. Did I want to? No. So I actually did the work that I needed to do to really love teaching again and to get to a good place with it. And then I was able to leave it and not feel bad about it. It felt complete. That relationship was complete for me. Another one of the common reasons that my people say that they need to like get out of their work situation um, is because that is because they think they won't have time to start working on their own business until they leave their current job. And I just want to offer that this is completely false. I know plenty of people that have built multiple six figure side hustles while also working full time. If you cannot fathom the possibility of this, then you should definitely book a consult and we need to start working together because you have some stuff to work through, <laughs> right? That's just a thought error and we we will dismantle it, but it's going to take some time um, and intentional focus to create the path that's going to be most successful for you to like juggle and manage both things, so once you've made the decision that you're ready for the transition, then what? Well, then we plan it out. We're going to prepare for the many steps that will take, and we're going to uncover any and all of the emotions that are going to arise as you begin that process. And the longer the runway, the more time you're going to have to process as you go. The shorter the runway, the less time you're going to have, but you're going to still need to give yourself time to process. For me, I feel like I'm just starting to kind of recover from my transition away from working full-time for the life coach school. Um, And it's been like six months, right? I had so much adjusting to do with being my own boss, right? Creating my own schedule. Deconditioning my brain from believing that I needed to be doing something all the time, right? Like I had jam-packed my schedule so tight that when I was left with so much free time, I kind of felt a little aimless, So I worked with my coach on designing my days in a way that would feel best for me. Like, what what do I want my schedule to look like? How much time do I want to have baked in for me, right? So if you go through a major change like this, you need to be prepared with how you want to fill that time, even if that is with more rest, relaxation, play, whatever it is. I was actually just talking to a client about about this, like who's leaving a job, and I asked her, is there anything that you want to bring back into your life now that you have more time that maybe you let go of? So these are like that's one of the questions that you can ask yourself as you're preparing for having more time. This is especially important to do. To think about that time, if you derive a lot of meaning or a sense of your identity from your work. Um, when people retire and they don't think about that, they don't think about how they're gonna spend their time, it can have a really profound effect on their mental health. I used to listen to this podcast that focused on um, attaining what like fire, um, the fire movement, financial independence, retire early and the host talked a lot about people retiring in their 30s and 40s that go into depressions like if they didn't focus enough on what their life was going to look like once they had achieved their goals and essentially they didn't have anything anchoring them anymore so when i'm working on a transition we really conceptualize Like as much as possible before you make the transition. And where we go from there is really gonna depend on each individual's goals. Like we might be building a business from scratch or just like tweaking things in an already existing passion project so that it generates profits or that we're ramping up your profits if you were already making money, right? The sky really is the limit and how quickly. And how easily you get there to that next phase is going to be influenced by the way you design your transition. If you left on bad terms, right, we might be processing and clearing out that experience while we move forward. Fuck, I mean, even if you left on good terms, we might also be continuing to process for some time, right? Like I left on really good terms um, from my last job and um, I'm still processing it, right? There was still stuff to work through. So if you are planning a transition, if you know you're getting ready to take a leap into something new, whether you're at that point and it's happening now, or you want to design the transition, maybe it's six months out, maybe it's a year out, let's get on a call. Let's talk about it. Let's see where I can help you to make that transition And design it in a way that's going to feel amazing for you. All right, y'all. Have a great week. If you are loving the podcast, it's time to put a ring on it. It would mean the world to me if you would do one or all of these things. First off, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Or all the places podcasts are available if you want to be extra. While you're there, giving a five-star rating and leaving a review would be epic. And lastly, spreading the love by sharing your favorite episode would be beyond. Thanks, love. We'll talk soon.